Welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. Today is, um, today, I've been looking forward to today for a long time. Uh, a long time. I'm so excited about um, what is getting ready to happen. Today we've, we've dubbed My Story Sunday. My Story Sunday. So in just a moment, you are going to hear from three of Christ Walk's own. These are people that you've set in the row beside. These are people that you have served on a team alongside. You've seen them serving in, in kids walk and in guest services and, and that they are a part of the life and the heartbeat of our church. And they are going to come to the stage this morning and share part of their story with us. Because I want you guys to know there is power in your story. And some of you walked in here this morning and, and you hear us talking about my story and you start to ask yourself questions like, well, what is my story? And then you start to play it out in your mind and you think, nobody wants to hear that. Guess what? I feel that same way too about me. And I stand up here on this stage most every weekend and share that story. You need to know there is power in your story because Jesus is writing your story. It hasn't been written all the way yet. He is still writing it. And whenever the people of God come together to share the story of God that is being written in their lives, it is faith building. And so I'm excited for you to hear from these people this morning. So here's what I want you to do. Here's a couple of things that I want you to know. They are not professional communicators. They do not preach in a church or speak in a church on a regular basis. All right. So we're going to cut them a little slack on the, on the forefront. The second thing that you need to do is you need to clap and encourage. And if they say something good, when they say something good, because it's going to be good, you need to amen them and just celebrate them and what God is doing in their life. I want you to treat them the way you would want to be treated if it was you up on this stage, because guess what? The next My Story Sunday that we have, it just might be you. <laughs> All right? So you're sowing a seed this morning into how people are going to treat you in the future when it's your turn, okay? So are you guys ready for this? This is going to be such a great Sunday. It's going to be such a great Sunday. I'm so pumped. Our first speaker this morning um, is uh, Taylor Alvare, and I think I left the microphone for her right there. Yeah, so you can hand it to her. Taylor Alvare is 17 years old. She is a senior at Fernandina Beach High School. She serves on our guest services team here at Christwalk, and she also interned with us over the summer here in the office, and she got herself in way over her head. I think she did not fully understand what she was signing up for, but the finger, Taylor's fingerprints are all over this place. And she is a part of what makes Christ Walk such a special place to be and to come and to worship. So as Taylor comes to the stage, I want you to give her a nice Christ Walk welcome. Good morning, everyone. Can I be honest for a second? My heart is beating really fast. My hands are a little sweaty. 
But after that worship service, I definitely, I, what the Lord gave for me to say is definitely what I need to say. Um, so like Pastor Blake said, my name is Taylor, and I'm 17 years old, and this is my story. I have my phone, I'm sorry. <laughs> my story is that I've been shown love and mercy unrelentlessly by a king who calls me his daughter. My story is that though my actions don't prove I'm worthy, he calls me worthy. And my story is that in my darkest moments, the creator of the universe reaches down and holds me and says, everything is going to be okay. So I was raised in a Christian home. My parents loved the Lord with all their heart and soul and body. Um, I got saved about age seven at the Zaxby's right up the street. <laughs> um, I went to a private Christian school, first through eighth grade, where my dad was actually the principal. So there was a lot of pressure there. Um, truthfully, I struggled a lot with being a perfect daughter and a student and um, a perfect Christian. I wanted that very desperately. Um, but Ephesians 4.1 says, as a prisoner of Christ, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. And though I struggled with that, you know, being perfect in all things, um, that was a encouragement and a challenge to me that once I got saved, and once we all get saved, like, the Lord gives us our purpose then and there, and it's to share his good news. Um, so with that encouragement of that verse, um, I've definitely, I want to live that life. Um, I, as a 17-year-old, want to make a difference, and um, so I'm going to look at my notes now. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> So, like I was saying, um, I want the being perfect thing. Um, from a young age, I was told that I was different, and that I had calling, and I had purpose. And it's not that I didn't believe the people who said that, but I was like, God, what is this purpose? What is this calling? Um, and oftentimes, I was like, well, if God's not telling me, then it doesn't exist. But obviously, we know that's not true. Um, God is working behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. He's working in everything, and his plan is so perfect. Um, and even though we don't see it, it's still perfect. And I think oftentimes we struggle with, you know, the stress of what we feel like things should be. Um, and we put that on our back like it's a burden. And we carry it around, uh, just like in Pilgrim's Progress when Christian, he walked the whole trail with, the, with that backpack. And finally he could let it go at the, at the cross. And um, so I think that for me that's been something of I'm just going to let God do what he does. Um, he just asked us to say yes, and he's going to handle the rest. So, um, okay. Um, but I have to be honest, being diligent and seeking the Lord has not always been easy. Uh, being in high school, you know, public high school nonetheless, at private school, I could definitely, you know, we had Bible class every single day, and a memory verse due on Friday, and chapel every Monday. Um, that was definitely an atmosphere that the Lord was present in, and then going to public high school, um, it was not. So I struggled a lot with that, um, but the Lord just once again just showed grace and mercy to me, and he taught me lessons even in the hard moments. Um, so that, going back to the verse of you know, living the life worthy of the calling we received, like, that showed me who I am. Um, because we are called, we are, we are different. And because we are different, we are his. Um, 
sorry. <laughs> Awkward. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. So, um, because of those words, I've been encouraged to live my life um, as if it's not my own, because truthfully, our lives are not our own. Like, the Lord gave us our breath, so we need to live it like that. There's a song um, it says, I give you my breath, I give you my all. Like, just give it back. Like, he gave us our breath, so, like, it's not even our own. So let's use it to encourage others and to show Jesus. So my life, I want it to be a vessel. I don't want to be nonchalant about the things of the Lord. Um, you know, even if it's just saying hi to someone in the hallway at school or, or paying for the meal behind you in the drive through line at McDonald's or taking just one minute to encourage a coworker, say, hey, you look sad today. Like, those are moments that Jesus would want you to have. And so... Um, so that's what I try to live my life like. Um, and once again, that whole perfect thing, it's not legitimate. Like, we can't be perfect. The only perfect one was Jesus. Um, so I still struggle with that, wanting to be perfect in everything. But, um, you know, Jesus wants us just the way we are. You know, those little broken spots in your heart are there for a reason. Like, he wants to fill them. So, um I guess what I want to leave with you guys an encouragement is that those broken and battered spots in your life, in my life, like, they're there for a reason. And if you just let the Lord feel them, he'll do so many great things with you. And, um, yeah, so. <laughs> okay. Um, so, like I said, say yes to God. I, I know I found the most peace in my life when I've just said yes in the hard moments. So let the Lord fill your cracked and battered hearts. Um, I promise that it will be the best decision you'll ever make. So that was a little bit about me. Um, thank you. I'm going to go on record already. This is my favorite Sunday ever. <laughs> favorite Sunday ever. Taylor, thank you so much for sharing that. That was incredible. Can we give her a hand one more time? She got saved at a Zaxby's. You don't have to be in church for God to get a hold of your heart. She wasn't even at the Christian chicken restaurant. She was eating that old sinful chicken down the street. Jesus is everywhere. And you just never know when he's going to grab a hold of your heart. Said, so you dipping into Zach sauce. You know that should be Polynesian. Get yourself right. Waffle fries. Mmm. Wow, man, what an, what, I, this couldn't get any better, but it's about to. It's, it, like, I, it keeps going. I'm, I'm flying high as the pastor of this church right now. This is amazing. Um, our next speaker um, is, uh, is the tallest guy at our church. <laughs> um, earlier in our pre-production meeting, one of, the, one of the people said, yeah, we're going to have three short speakers <laughs> this morning for the message. And I was like, mm, that's not exactly accurate. Um, he is the husband of Julie Stash. 
Uh, he serves on our guest services team in the area of security um, in our, here, here at our church. And so I'd like to welcome to the stage Mr. Bill Stash. All right, so I'm not a millennial, so I actually have paper here. So. And, and I am a quick learner. I was looking at this uh, before I came up here, and I saw his story on there, and I know that was probably the reason for the bold there. And this is truly his story in my life, more than it's my story. So uh, I am Bill Stash. Uh, been married to Julia's back there somewhere, 29 years. And uh, she's the love of my life. We do have three children. Uh, Andrew's 28, and we have twin daughters who are 25. Um, none of them could be here today. Two of them are in North Carolina. But in 1995, I was saved under the ocean. Can't tell you how many feet, because that's classified. But I was actually on a submarine, USS Maryland, SSBN 738. And that's kind of where my story starts. Um, my story is more about how God has abundantly provided for my family and myself. And so my story is about my first tithe and my first offering. Um, my first tithe was the most difficult or maybe one of the most difficult things I've ever done because 10% is a lot of money to me and it's a lot of money to you. And uh, I had no experience. I had no faith really to draw on. I just stepped out and said, Lord, I've, I've read your word and I'll go through a couple of scriptures and I give this to you. I could have paid down some debt. I could have taken my wife to another beautiful dinner. I could have done a lot of things with that money, but I reached out in faith and said, Lord, this is yours. So what I didn't expect at the end of that year, and I'm a numbers guy. I've been a financial advisor for 21 years, so numbers and taxes and investments and all that's my thing. What I didn't expect is that that year when I did my tax return, I would get 100% of that tithe back almost down to the penny. And I thought, well, you know, maybe that's God, maybe it's not, I'm not sure, but it definitely encouraged me and it helped me continue to grow my faith. This happened for three years in a row. And then I got out of the Navy and six weeks prior to getting out of the Navy, I joined a firm called Payne Weber. Um, the second year, and again, remember, this is his story, so I don't want to glorify Bill Stash. I want to glorify my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He doubled my salary the next year. Two years later, he doubled it again. And uh, today, the tithes and offerings that Julie and I give are more than we gave or more than we made when we were in the Navy. Thank you, Lord. Everyone knows Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if he will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. And that's all I had to do. I just had to test him in that. And I believe, you know, God has made us conduits for his blessing, not a plug for his blessing. I don't want it to stop here. I want it to continue to flow through me. Right. And um, so God has uh, provided us 
And as soon as I let that go, the, uh, the, the financial prosperity has definitely been there. Luke 6.38 also says, Give, and it will be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In other words, we took our first step toward, toward God, and he ran in our direction. And not only did he bless us financially, but he removed our debt from us. And this is my second story, my offering story. I left the Navy in 1998, as I said before, went to work for a brokerage firm called Payne Weber, no longer around. The leadership of the church that I was in before up in Georgia prayed, led by the Holy Spirit, asked the congregation to pay off or help to pay off the debt of the church. So the church decided to bring up a load of bricks, and uh, they set the load of bricks right up there on the stage. I don't know how many there were, but there were a bunch of them there. And they said, hey, if you pledge $1,000 to help pay off the debt of the church, we will give you one of these bricks. And so Julie and I prayed about this, and not only for the church, but for our own personal debt. And, and we came to the conclusion that we should select five bricks. And at that time, $5,000 was a lot of money, still is a lot of money. That was five grand. I had three kids, I had a mortgage, I had a, a modest income, and uh, it was just about everything we had in our savings account at the time. But nonetheless, we took the bricks home, and uh, we lived in a little home uh, on Boxwood Court, and we put the bricks out in front of our uh, front door there, and we put them in a, a nice cross. Felt so holy there, cross. <laughs> front of my house, right? We walk by that cross every day and every day and every day and every day until one day Julie came to me and said, you know, I think uh, we need to do something about those bricks because we, we haven't paid anything yet. And uh, she came to me and she said, I think we need to write that $5,000 check. And cheerfully, we did that the following Sunday, right? So that same weekend, we took those bricks that was in our in front of our home to a lot that we had purchased a few months back that we were going to build another home on. And we prayed. We said, Lord, let these bricks represent the, the debt of the church being paid for and our home being paid for uh, and being debt-free. And what happened next could never, ever have been predicted. A Swiss company by the name of UBS decided they wanted to buy Payne Weber. And because I'm kind of on the sales side of the business, um, they wanted to retain us. And so they gave us bonuses to stay with the firm. Again, his story, they gave me a $100,000 bonus to stay with the firm. And again, I'm a numbers guy, so that's not just double or triple, right? That's 20 times the blessing that we gave God first that was returned to us. Thank you, Lord. So if that, you know, if that's not enough, later on, several months later, a gentleman from TDS Telecom, which was the local telecom up there in Camden County, passed away, and he left a portion of his estate to pay off every church's debt in Camden County. So now the church was also debt-free. Absolutely unbelievable. So, and it gets even better than that. So we took those bricks, ultimately built that house, and we put a brick in each corner of that house, so the four cornerstones, and we put one of the bricks underneath the threshold. And we 
tax, um, put on a 30-year mortgage. And in eight years, it was paid in full. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I truly believe the reason God has abundantly blessed us and allowed us to flow blessing out to others is we became cheerful givers. The first time it wasn't so cheerful. It was very scary. It was very concerning. But with a little bit of faith, we stepped out, and the faith continued to grow, and we continued to exercise that faith in our giving. And then with the offerings, continue to, to exercise that. And again, I realize now I'm better off because when I started giving, I was definitely not better off when we began. So test God in this. I will tell you it comes back to you. I will tell you your stuff lasts longer, your paychecks go further, and you'll be called blessed. And I became a conduit for God's blessings so I can encourage everyone here to do the same thing. So that's God's story in my life. Thank you. So awesome. Thank you. You know, it's easy to talk about what the Bible says. It's an entirely different thing to live out what the Bible says. And that couple... That man, they've lived it out. They don't just talk about it. It's a lifestyle for them. And we've, we can see the blessings of the Lord, the favor of God in their life because of their obedience to him and to the principles of his word. Um, because of their faithfulness to God, God has been faithful back to them. And here's the deal. God doesn't need your money, but you need his blessing. So that's the trade-off. If you'll just let go of this, then there's so much more than I can do. If you'll let go of the little bit that you have, God's saying, I'm going to fill it with the, with the overflow, the abundance of the things that I have. And that's a principle that, um, that we've seen at work in, in Bill and Julie's life and in, in others as they practice faithfulness and generosity. And that's what I want for every single person of this church. I want them to experience that kind of, of fullness and blessing and favor in their life. And it's attainable. It's attainable. Um, again, best Sunday ever. Just, I'm, I'm marking it down. Um, our last speaker uh, for today is the wife of Tony Dean. She is the mom of two of my favorite kids here, Talila and Gus. And they are awesome. Um, uh, she and Tony are also, uh, mine and Sarah, small group leaders. So like, that's, a, that's a special thing. Um, and she serves in, on our Kids Walk team. And so I'd like for you to welcome Jordan Dean to the stage. And she is barefoot, which is awesome. When I came up for the practice round, I tripped on my shoes. So I decided... <laughs> No, no, but actually, really, I was sitting there, and when we were singing, it reminded me of Moses, and the first time he talked with the Lord, and God said, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground, and I, I had to be obedient. Um, it's kind of weird. I'm not normally the weird shoeless person, and I'm shorter without shoes, which is not great, so. Um, the last time I was asked to share my testimony was about 16 years ago, and it was in my high school Bible class. I went to a private Christian school similar to Taylor, um, 
And I was really struggling because I was like, I'm, I'm this generally pretty good kid. I've grown up in a Christian home. I don't really have like a fantastic story to share. And as I was reading through the Bible, I came across Psalm 139. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase and leave some stuff out, but you guys should probably go back and read this on your own. Um, it says, Psalms 139, you've searched me and you know me for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And all the days ordained were written in your book before one of them came to be. And I just remember reading that verse, and it just took on such a personal meaning for me. I was made in a secret place, and before I was even formed, God saw my unformed body. And it just, it really resonated with me. David, a guy who wrote this thousands and thousands of years ago to God, and, and I'm, I'm relating to this. Um, so like I said, I was born and raised in a Christian home. My mom said that I accepted Jesus into my heart with her. I prayed that prayer when I was three which my son is three, and I just can't even imagine, but he did ask me yesterday about praying to receive Jesus, which is amazing, and so it can be done. Like, it, it's, I didn't even tell you that. My husband's sitting right there. Um, forgot to tell you that, by the way. Milestone. Um, yeah, and so, but the, the Holy Spirit was evident in my life from the start. Um, my parents always told me I was adopted. I knew that from day one, or at least, like, since I was little and could understand such a thing. Um, they got me from the hospital when I was three days old. We knew very little about who my birth parents were. I knew that she was 18, um, and it just said that she wanted me to have a mom and a dad and a loving home. And so that's all I knew. I never really looked into it. Um, of course, I was curious when I was growing up who I looked like. My parents are tall, and so I don't really fit in there. But otherwise, um, just kind of went on living life. I went on missions trips overseas, really just love the Lord. And I think that just even thinking back to how my life started, um, I knew that God had a purpose for my life. I knew he had a plan. I knew his hand was in my life. I knew my life was redeemed in a sense before I even really knew what that word meant. Um, I went to college, went overseas for a year, got to spend a year in a Muslim country and just really learn a lot about that culture and share Jesus with some great people that had never heard about Christ before from anybody. And that was really special. And um, the year after I came home, I met Tony, my husband. We've been married for 10 years now and some change. Um, that's a, you know what? It is something to clap about. We've had some, some tough times. It hasn't been easy. Um, he, he was a fairly new Christian when I married him, or at least like growing in his faith. And I I, like, I was telling him I like to call those my lost years, like this, this time I moved back from overseas and married him, and I just really was lost, and I didn't lose my faith at all, but I just didn't really do anything with my faith, and I didn't really know who I was supposed to be, and I was just, just searching. I was searching for a career. I opened a store, and I had a baby, and then it was, it's the time of blogging, and so I was blogging and trying to just make something of myself and make a name for myself, and... Um, had Gus. Gus was a difficult birth, and that really brought us to our knees, and that's a whole other story. But just through life experiences, we ended up moving down here. We were up in Pittsburgh, um, moved back down. I'm from Jacksonville, and I wanted to be closer to home and with some nicer weather. And so I somehow talked him into moving down here. He's a Pittsburgh boy through and through. Um, but thank God we did. And I, 
I learned when I was down here somehow that I could write to find out medical info about my birth parents because some medical stuff had happened and I just wanted to know like can I find out more information and I got this letter sent to me that had details that were not medical at all but just details that I'd never known before um, I found out that I had a half-sister so my birth mother had a baby when she was 15 before me um, and I found out other other things and then I, I didn't know any identifying information, so it didn't give me that, it just gave me dates. Um, and then I decided to do 23andMe, and I was able to discover and be linked to a second cousin, um, and through him, we actually figured it out. And it was just, it was interesting because I'd never, I didn't really know what I was expecting. I went into that, like, I've never needed my identity to be about who my birth parents were. I was always very comfortable as my kids' parents. I've always felt loved and wanted. Um, my parents are the ones who raised me. Like, I'll be the first one to stick up and say, like, my mom is the one who raised me. And we're really close and tight-knit family. Um, and so I just, again, didn't really know what to expect. And then this cousin begins to tell me stuff about the family, and it's, it's interesting and it's very humbling to know like very few times do you get to see kind of what your life maybe would have looked like had you been in a different position um and he said and I, I don't know how to tell you this but she actually just passed away two months ago um at the age of 53 she's not much older than me so at the age of 53 and I was just like wow like I don't know how to process this like I wow um and so this is actually just a year ago that I, or less than a year ago that I found all this out. So it's been a process in just figuring out my emotions and what I want to do with that. Um, but it was interesting because even, even through figuring out what I was going to say with you guys, I mean, if you had asked me to share my testimony a year ago, it would be different. I mean, it just would. But this is what I'm dealing with right now. And, and I don't know, maybe somebody can relate to it or maybe someone just needs to hear that, that God's timing's perfect. Um, he's never late. He's never early. It's, it's always through his timing, and um, he has a plan, and he has a way of taking things that are bad or shameful or whatever in our lives, and he, he turns it into good, and he tells us he does that. It, it all works out according to his plan. Um, so I knew that when I found that out about her dying. I knew that, you know, that wasn't an accident. I, I wasn't supposed to say thank you, and, I, and that's what it was. I, I realized through that afterwards, thinking about it and preparing for this, that I had this grand scheme of saying thank you and and like I wanted to show her that I turned out okay and I did something with my life and I, I was telling Blake as I was meeting with him that I've been doing things like I've loved the Lord but I've always just been doing things to prove that that I'm someone worthy and to be loved and like it just kind of hit me like the Lord did all this for me before I even did anything like, it's not because of the stuff that I've done or accomplished that matters at all. It's only through him, and it's only through his sacrifice. It tells us in Ephesians, Paul tells the Ephesians, the people of Ephesus, they are believers, and he says, we're all adopted through Christ Jesus. We all belong to God. We're his children through his blood. And he goes on to talk about how um, he works everything out according to his purpose so that we can bring him glory. So that's, that's what I want to tell you guys today. I, I don't have a happy ending like with a, with a bow that you can tie on it. I'm still going through this whole process of figuring out. But I know, I know that God has a purpose and a plan for my life. I know he has a purpose and a plan for your life too. And it's just been so neat to see this theme of it's his story so that he can get the glory and working it out through all of our lives.
So thank you for letting me share that today. I appreciate it. Great job. Great job. You know, as I, as I sit back and, you know, look at the landscape of today and, and you hear these three stories, three very different stories from three very different people, but yet they have a common bond that in each of these three stories, those people came to the point where they surrendered their life to Jesus. That's how our story gets written. That's how his story gets written in our lives. Is that we surrender our lives to him. And so maybe you're here today and you're like that person that I talked about on the front end. I don't really have a story or the story that I do have. Nobody wants to hear that. I want you to, I want you to just imagine, if you can, a year from now. What do you want your story to be? A year from now, where do you want to be in your walk with Jesus Christ? Because a line is being drawn in the sand today. And Jesus is saying, I, I have this story that I want to write for you. There, there's, there's a, a, a theme in your life. There, there's some things that I want to do but it comes down to one simple fact. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Thank you for listening to the Christ Walk Podcast. For more information about Christ Walk Church, please visit thechristwalk.com.